0: Welcome to the Who's Your Ag Today morning podcast on February 10, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank & Trust. Proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer on the inaugural Indiana Soybean Alliance Endowed Chair at Purdue. C.J. Miller reports on an effort to hike egg donations to food banks. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with the Indiana Farm Forecast Update. And yesterday, ag markets worked lower. We'll have settlements and analysis from Arlen Suterman on the friday who's your ag today morning podcast the land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. what if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level at first farmers bank and trust we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down but until the job is done with over 135 years of commitment to agriculture we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast.
1: Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. we we'll talk about home
2: heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals. That's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important.
1: We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Indiana's Soybean Checkoff, funding more soybean research at Purdue and getting more eggs to those in need. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Purdue agronomy professor Dr. Jin Shin Ma has been named the first Indiana Soybean Alliance endowed chair in soybean improvement.
3: I'm very excited about this opportunity and I look forward to identifying the zoo were the problems that are affecting soybean production in Indiana soybean farms.
1: The Indiana Soybean Alliance established this chair to advance critical soybean research in such areas as the creation of the genome editing pipeline and the utilization of phenotyping. Denise Scarborough Farms in LaPorte County is the chair of the Indiana Soybean Alliance Sustainability and Value Creation Committee. As directors of Indiana Soybean Checkoff Funds, she says they're constantly talking about how to move the pile.
4: We need to have the best pile to move to start out with, and and that starts in the research department. And I think what Dr. Ma brings to the table, and what he has brought, and what his team of researchers will bring to the table into the future, is really going to enhance the farming aspects of yields, production, and having the best quality crop that we can have, not only in the United States but to show off globally.
1: And Scarborough explains that Dr. Ma is the perfect choice for the position.
4: Dr. Ma has has definitely been in the forefront of soybean genetics, all kinds of splicing and dicing and things that are over most farmers' heads when you're talking about things when it comes to the soybean traits and, and the additional research, and he has by far stood out, and he stood out not only for us as ISA, looking taking a look, but also for Purdue, somebody that we would like to keep on faculty because of the research that he's done and the things that he has come across over the years.
1: The partnership between Purdue University and the Indiana Soybean Alliance is a strong one in addition to funding dr ma's research isa funds research for new soybean uses led by dr nathan mosher the indiana soybean alliance soybean utilization endowed chair when you think about donations to food banks you may not think of eggs CJ Miller reports how one Indiana based nonprofit is stepping up the efforts to get more eggs and
3: more protein to those in need. We talk about two eggs in the morning, change a day, change a life. And that's really impactful when you think about children having full bellies with protein. And that's Danny Leckie, executive director of Hatch for Hunger, which is based in Carmel, Indiana. The organization first started eight years ago with one simple goal in mind. We help take eggs from farms. We get them delivered directly to food banks and food pantries. We've now since expanded into a national reach, 60 food banks, 23 states. And we have eggs that are donated from our great partners at MPS Egg Farms and Roseacre Farms. We also purchase eggs from those farms as well. And in doing that, we're able to get eggs at a discount at or below the budget of the food pantries and food banks to help maintain a reliable supply of protein for their uh, neighbors that they serve. When it comes to fighting hunger issues, you may be asking... Why eggs? So eggs are one of the most versatile proteins on the market, right? And so very universal. A lot of things that food banks and food pantries actually look for. It's a great first food, and that's what we think about every day, is how can we help impact the lives of children, adults, the elderly and make sure that they have bellies full of good, healthy, nutritious protein. Bob Krauss
1: is chairman of the board for MPS Egg Farms in North Manchester. He says partnering with Hatch for Hunger makes it much easier for his company to donate eggs to
5: those in need. It was almost difficult to get eggs to food banks because, you know, they're refrigerated, we like semi-loads, and they're not equipped for that kind of quantity. So there was always this disconnect about, gosh, we'd like to get more eggs out, but it's not easy to do. The system just isn't built for it. So it was a great combination of a strong group that are looking for ways to get more protein to more people, And Hatch is the way that we've been able to make that happen. For
1: more information on how you can help with Hatch for Hunger, visit HatchforHunger.com. You can also find that link at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.
5: Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Keep your umbrella handy today. You're going to need it. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at your forecast updates. Significant storm complex already here and moving across the state today. Right now looking at a quarter to one inch of rain easily in 100% of the state. I will say that top end of total could bump a little bit depending on where some stronger thunderstorms pop up. But right now those appear to want to be coming together over illinois rain is going to be winding down late this afternoon as a dry slot works in here and we're seeing windy and chilly conditions on through the overnight and into tomorrow at this point tomorrow i won't rule out a wet flurry or two but i don't think it's a big event next round of moisture seems to be diminishing quite a bit saturday starts the weekend off chilly but we see temperatures moderate on sunday on the backside of high pressure. Next week, Monday, Tuesday at this point, looking pretty good with mixed clouds and sunshine and temperatures that are normal to a bit above normal. And then our next weather system shows up for Wednesday of next week. Scattered rain showers bringing anywhere from a tenth to half an inch. Coverage will be about 100% of the state again. We have a second system that shows up about 36 hours later. Overnight Thursday night through Friday, significant winds, strong low pressure, rain changing to snow. There could be some good accumulation of snow on the backside depending on the track of this low. But I need to stress, we're not putting anything solid down just yet because this track of low Pressure could change dramatically. Just know that the second system next week, the one Thursday night, Friday, may be more formidable than what we're seeing at midweek on Wednesday. I think the second system is robbing some of the energy and moisture from that first system. Interesting play either way. And behind that system to finish next week, we turn much, much colder. Below normal temperatures settling in for the weekend of the 17th and 18th. And we're likely chilly on into that week of President's Day as well. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin.
0: A sell-off for the grain and oil seed markets. This is Who's Your Ag Today's Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements on the way along with market analysis. And the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. At the end of Thursday trade, I checked in for commentary with Arlen Suderman at StoneX. Arlen, a number of things to talk about. Would like for you to review the USDA reports of Wednesday as well. And on Thursday trade, we had higher soybean meal, but the bean market market could not capitalize on a strong close to the Wednesday trade. What happened there?
2: Yeah, this is the second month in a row where we got a crop report from USDA that generated some buying interest in the grain and oilseeds markets, but we simply couldn't carry that conviction into the rest of the week. And I think that's a red flag. That's a concern. Now, USDA did Reduce the size of Argentina's corn and soybean crops. We anticipate there will be more reductions coming. That's been a concern of the market. But not enough to actually trade it and push it higher. Overall, I think there was kind of a negativity in the commodity sector. As we saw a lot of selling across the board into commodities today. And, and a lot of that seems to be back on the old worries in the macro picture of recession and the assumption that if there's a recession, there's decreased demand for commodities. So I would say today's weakness was a lot about charts that are starting to look weak and starting to look like maybe they're rolling over in some cases, and maybe the bigger picture, that being because money managers are worried right now about commodity demand in the near term.
0: Corn futures down all day, wheat futures down, and in both cases about a nickel lower. Same dynamic there or something else in play?
2: The same dynamic there. Um, probably a little bit more concerning to me to see the more significant losses in Kansas City wheat, a lot of that being technical in nature. Um, as we're starting to get some weakness there, momentum traders kind of amplifying it, some spread trading. Kansas City had been gaining on Chicago. Um, but uh, overall, it's kind of the same dynamics more of a technical and money flow type of issue. And, and if anything, the news, I would argue, would be supportive with tensions escalating in, in uh, the Black Sea region, which may further tighten corn and wheat supplies coming out of that region. But the market uh, focused on those uh, technicals and money flow issues today.
0: Now, you did talk about recession, and we'll get to that in just a second. But again, back on the USDA supply and demand update, was there anything really surprising to you or was it pretty much a nothing type of report?
2: A pretty much a nothing type of a report, um, it, it, and I hate to say that because the cuts for Argentina were pretty significant, but they were largely expected. In fact, they were a little bit bigger than expected, but the market didn't seem surprised, so they probably reflected what the whisper numbers were, and, and there had been quite a few estimates below the average trade guesses, so uh, the market took that in stride. So the anticipation is Brazil's crops get bigger, Argentina's get smaller, and, and U.S. exports are continuing to struggle for corn and doing well for soybeans, but those days may be numbered with the big Brazilian harvest.
0: You mentioned that uh, recession concerns might be uh, trickling back in today. It can be a day-to-day thing, and interestingly, just a day ago, actually for a couple of days this week with higher crude oil futures, there was talk about, well, maybe demand is going to start to pick up. There were some signs that could be the case But certainly a recession wouldn't suggest demand is all of a sudden going to go sky high.
2: Well, I, and I think the, the commodity, the bullish commodity argument would be that China coming out of their um, COVID lockdowns and restrictions they've had the last three years would see a big ramp up in demand for commodities. And I do think that's going to be true for some. We are seeing some increases now in the estimates for GDP growth for China for this year. What we're seeing, though, is somewhat divided. We're seeing consumers in China anxious to get out and go to restaurants, to travel, to go to entertainment centers, but the big ticket items are not moving. We're seeing very depressed demand for big ticket items. And as explained to me by my... Uh, team members from china that's because the big ticket items are largely bought by business people in china who've really been struggling over the last several years with all the restrictions lockdowns maybe not as good a financial condition to be able to make those big ticket items but as far as the commodities go Going out to entertainment centers, restaurants, etc., should increase demand for energy and for the food-based commodities. We do anticipate that to be the case.
0: Arlen Suderman, chief commodities economist at StoneX.com, on the Hat Thursday Farm Market Review: Everything down, even though beans closed near even. March corn 6.70 and three quarters off seven and three quarters. May contract down seven and a quarter, 6.69, and July six and a half down, 6.58 and three. quarters. A half cent lower March beans, fifteen nineteen and a quarter. May goes to fifteen eleven and three quarters, two cents down, and seven and a half lower March wheat, seven fifty-seven and a quarter, seven cents off on the April live cattle. So quiet there, one sixty-three, sixty-two. April lean hogs, seventy-five cents down, eighty-three, thirty-two. mean I'm you bank with the Thursday market review. This is Hoosier Ag today, timely, relevant, credible.